Jonah chapter number 1. Jonah chapter number 1. And um, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible said, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarsus from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried unto every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down in the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. Let's bow for prayer, then you can be seated. Our precious Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow in your presence, once again we come to the throne of grace and mercy in Jesus' name. Lord, we want to thank you for this good service we've heard or had this morning already. We thank you for the presence of God and the testimonies of your people. And Lord, the spirit of worship that's been in this place already, we thank you for your people. Lord, we're so glad that we can gather together today and come together and worship around the Word of God and the songs of Zion. I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word and help us and Lord may you be glorified and we'll thank you for it in Jesus name we do pray amen amen you can be seated I want to preach out of verse number three and I want to draw your attention to this thought here where the Bible said but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and I want to preach a few minutes I want us to look at that phrase for just a few moments that Jonah rose up to flee and he's running from the presence of God he, he, is, he is leaving the presence of God and going Tarshish was in the opposite direction uh, from Nineveh and so Jonah is going in the opposite opposite direction from which God has intended him to go. And I want to preach on this subject a few moments on what you need to know before you go. Amen? What you need to know before you go. There may be somebody here or somebody that will be listening to this sermon that in your heart you thought about uh, going in a different direction. You thought about leaving uh, the path that God would have you to go. And I see in verse number 3, Jonah's plan. He rose up to flee unto Tarsus. Now that is his plan. But look at his problem. His problem is mentioned twice in verse number 3 because there's no sin in going down to Tarsus. But the sin was that Jonah's motive was that he wanted to flee to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. Now it says that two different times in verse number 3. Now I want to tell you anytime you want to flee from the presence of God, that's a major problem in your life. Amen. You see, when people get away from God and when people get out of church, uh, things don't get better in their life. They only get worse. Amen. And so we see Jonah's plan and we see Jonah's problem. And then we see Jonah's path. Amen. As the Bible said that he went down to Joppa. That's the direction that you're going to go in anytime you want to go away from God. I'm sure we can all think about somebody this afternoon that we know that has went away from God. They've went they've stepped out of God's plan and they've went on a different path and I promise you if you take a look at their life where they were and where they are right now I'm sure you would make the same assessment that we all would make and that is that things are not getting better they're just getting worse. Amen. 
I'm talking about some things you need to know before you go. Amen. If you're here and you're thinking about, well, you know, being out of church for a little while, I hope as some have already said, it's made you closer to God, but not drew you further away from God. You know, if you've been out of church and you've enjoyed it, and I, and I know people have talked about enjoying time with their family and how that God has sustained us and He's been real to us, and, and I understand that. But I'm talking about if you've been out of church and, and you're glad to be out of church and you're glad not to come to church and, and you wish this was the new normal, hey, listen, friend, you're in real trouble with God. Amen? But there's some things, there's some things that you need to know before you go. You say, well, preacher, what are they? Well, I want to say, first of all, the first thing that uh, you need to know before you go is how precious it is to hear the word of God. Amen. Look at verse number one. The Bible said, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. I want to tell you the word of God wasn't coming to everybody in those days. In other words, uh, uh, brother uh, George, they couldn't just, they didn't have a King James Bible that they could just go open up and start reading the word of God. The word of God was precious in those days. And when the word of God came to someone and a prophet prophesied. Uh, listen, it was precious. Amen. I want to tell you the Word of God is still precious today. Isn't that right? The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forevermore. I'm thankful I've got a copy of the Word of God. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm thankful I've got a copy of this Bible. And I'm telling you, God gave the Word. But there's men that gave their lives so that you and I could have a copy of a King James Bible and hold it in our hand and if they were willing to die for it we ought to be willing to read it. Amen? We ought to be really willing to, uh, to live by it. But I tell you, if you're going to walk away from God and if you're going to go on a different path, you need to know how precious it is to hear the Word of God. I think every one of us realizes that today. How precious it is to just sit in church and hear the Word of God preached. And I'm going to tell you from a pulpit perspective how precious it is to stand in the pulpit and preach the Word of God to somebody and hear somebody say amen and hear folks uh, see somebody nod their head or just see a smiling face uh, and don't have to look at that thing. Amen. I'm talking about, friend, I'm not talking about a person when I said that. I'm talking about the camera. Amen. Uh, Listen, uh, how precious it is to to just sit in church and hear the Bible preached. Uh, I don't care if, listen, who's preaching it. I don't care if they're loud. I don't care if they're not loud. I'm just glad to be in church and hear the Word of God. Amen. You know, I think about men behind bars right now. And they're not hearing the Word of God preached like they were hearing it preached. I think about people, as Brother Ellis mentioned this morning, about, uh, listen, that uh, they would even love to have this, but, but uh, the normal for them is to, to meet in secret somewhere and, and, uh, and to hide behind closed doors and, and have a fragment of the Word of God. How precious it is to, to them to just have the same uh, passage of Scripture over and over. But you and I have a Bible, and you and I can still go to church. And I, I'm reminded in these days how precious it is to hear the Word of God. I would say to any Anybody that's here or anybody that may listen, uh, listen, if you're thinking about going a different route, if you're thinking about get, going away from the Word of God, you ought to count yourself blessed that you have a Bible and you can hear the preaching of the Word of God. I know people down through the years that when God would send a message their way, brother, they would get upset about it. <clears throat> it rubbed them the wrong way. Preaching is going to do this in all of our life. 
Preaching is going to encourage us, reprove us, and it's going to rebuke us. I'm talking about even your pastor. Listen, there's a lot of sermons that, that I preach that can I be honest with you? There's been times that I've had to just push away from my desk and get on my knees. And not because I'm spiritual, because I'm flesh. And, and I mean God just spoke to my own heart. And I said, well, I've got to get right with God myself before I can go preach it to them. And that's the Word of God. But how precious it is. You know, conviction, uh, uh, when the Word of God convicts you, it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. Amen? I wouldn't want to sit in a church and and hear a sermon every Sunday and it never do anything in my life uh, and me go home if listen if I go home every Sunday thinking brother Hewitt I'm a good person and thinking that well everything's good in my life you know what that means it means I'm in the wrong church hearing the wrong sermon amen I ought to go home listen one out of three if not more than that saying boy woe is me God help me to get this flesh in line help me to do right Uh, I'm just talking about that's what preaching does Uh, it knocks the rough edge off of all of us. It pulls us all back in place and how precious it is to hear the Word of God. Amen. I've seen people get out of, get away from the Bible. They didn't like that kind of preaching. Go somewhere to some place where they get a watered down sermon that never bothers them in their life unravels. I'm talking about if you're thinking about going before you go, number one, you need to know how precious it is to hear the Word of God. Number two, look at verse number two. You need to know how pleasant it is to do the will of God. The Bible said, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. You see, the problem in the book of Jonah is that Jonah didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. God, listen, in verse number 2, he makes his will very clear. He makes his will very plain. And boy, I appreciate that about the Lord. He doesn't complicate things, Brother Jason. He doesn't make things hard or difficult. We complicate things sometimes uh, trying to find the will of God. But if we'll just be patient and if we'll just wait for the Word to come, God will show us His will through His Word. Amen. You know, I've had people say to me, well, I feel like this is is God's will. You better have more than a feeling. Feelings can lead you in the wrong direction. And I'll be honest with you, there's times I have felt so strong about something that it was the will of God. But I never had that verse to clarify that it was God's approval. That feeling will, will miss. I've heard people say this before, and I'm sure you've heard it. They say, well, you know, if I know my heart, my heart just, t- you don't know your heart. Your heart's desperately wicked. It's deceitful above all. You can't trust your heart. People say, well, follow your heart. No, don't follow your heart. You follow this book, Amen. I'm telling you, I know I'm saved not because I feel saved. I know I'm saved not because my heart tells me I'm saved. I know I'm saved because the Bible has told me how to be saved and I've accepted what the Bible says and I've done what the Bible says to do and I'm basing my salvation on what God said. God says it, that settles it, amen. And the will of God has to be based on the Word of God and it's pleasant to do the will of God. It's so good to be in God's will. It's so good to know that you're doing what God wants you to do and you can know God's will, amen, and you can do God's will if you'll just do that. But if you say, well, you know what? I'm, this area of my life is off limits to God. This area of my life, God, you can't have it. You can't touch it. I mean, God told Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach unto them. And Jonah had already obeyed God before, but now he steps out of the will of God. I'm going to tell you something. 
Life is unpleasant when you get out of God's will. And I'm going to tell you, we've all, sometime or another in our life, would probably have to say that we've done things that was not God's will. I've learned this. When, that, when my heart is very troubled, then I better not do what's on my heart to do. When I try to do something and it just, there's just, a, there's just a, a roadblock. You ever tried to do something and just the harder you try, it just seemed like there's a roadblock there? You ought to pay attention to that. Uh, sometimes it can be an obstacle from the devil, but I'll tell you how to know the difference. If it's from the devil, God knows how to move that out of the way. But if you go this way and there's another roadblock and you go this way, and there, you better just back off and say, God, thy will be done. Amen. It can be a good thing, and I don't like this phrase, but it can be a good thing and not be a God thing, if you know what I'm saying. And I don't believe in a God thing. I believe in the will of God. Amen. And uh, listen, but when I look at this, uh, if you, there's something you need to know if you're going to go, and that is that the, that the will of God is pleasant. And you need to remember that, how pleasant it is to do the will of God. You marry the wrong person in life, uh, listen, you'll pay the rest of your life. Amen. And listen, I don't care if it's a preacher I don't care if it's a I don't care if it's a if it's a young lady that that is squeaky clean if it's not the will of God for your life you will be miserable you'll never be blessed you say but preacher it's what I want I'll tell you what you better want you better want what God wants amen or you'll find out like listen what you want is not what you need amen I'm telling you it's about a lot of things like that and listen if you want a job but it's not the will of God don't take that job amen you know, me and Brother George was talking about something a few months ago. And uh, I, I just told him about something, and he, he looked into it, and he come back and told me one day, he said, Preacher, I prayed about it, looked into it, but you know, and it was a good deal, I think, for the moment, but it wasn't God's will. You know, just because something's a good deal, don't make it God's will. You better run from it if it's not God's will. The devil knows how to make a good deal, doesn't he? What about a time? You know what? You need to remember this. You need to know this. Before you go, you need to know how pleasant it is to do the will of God. You need to know this. Number three, how pricey it is to wander from God. How pricey it is to wander from God. Look at verse number 3. He said, But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarsus from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarsus. Notice this. So he paid the fare thereof. I'm going to tell you, you get on the devil's boat, you'll always pick up the tab. Amen? This wasn't God's will. This was Jonah's will. You go your way and you do your way and you say, well, I, I'm just going to go. This is the direction I want to go. You need to remember something, how pricey it is. There's a high price to pay when you wander from God. Jonah, as wicked as Nineveh was, Jonah was safer in a wicked city preaching the Word of God than he was on a boat somewhere going in the opposite direction. I'm telling you, there's a high price to pay when you get out of the will of God. There's a high price to pay when you just wander. You say, well, it doesn't look like a big deal. I mean, he's not out drinking and smoking and doping. I'm going to tell you, you can get out of the will of God sitting right smack dab in a good church uh, under preaching this Sunday in and Sunday out and not be in the will of God. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people, they wander away from God while they're still in church. My biggest concern, I've tried to express it week after week, but my biggest concern about our church is that saints don't wander. I don't want nobody to get used to not having church on Sunday night. Is that right? 
In fact, we're working as best as we can. Hopefully in the next week or two we'll have church on Sunday night. I don't want nobody to get used to, you know, we're living in a day when a lot of churches don't even have Wednesday night services. They just canceled it. Now is a great opportunity for pastors to start traditional and contemporary services. It's a great opportunity. I'm telling you, if, if they're going to do it, if they're going to make the switch in their church, well, the, the, the stage has been set. I know God's, sent, God's in control of what's happening, but the devil always works in the details, won't he? And I'll tell you, this, this stage, you say, if, if a church wants to cancel Wednesday night services, maybe there's some church that they looked across the road and seen another church that don't have Wednesday night church no more. They have small groups now and, and people just meet in their homes and maybe some pastor's thinking about, well, you know, I'd kind of like to do that, but my church would never really go for that. Boy, the stage is set, isn't it? Just get up and say, well, you know, we just can't have church on Wednesday nights this year. Get people out of the, out of the, the, the rhythm of going, the routine of going. And just kind of forget about it. Hey, not here. Somebody say amen. amen. Never, never, never not here. Amen. Over our dead bodies. Somebody say amen. Isn't that right? Hey, listen, we need Wednesday night church. We need Sunday night church. I'm thankful for what God's doing right here, right now. But it's not enough, friend. Amen. Uh, uh, Listen, the Bible said, and so much the more as you see the day approaching, it's not go to church less. Uh, Hey, it's let's have it more. If we got to have six services on Sunday, let's just have six services on Sunday. And if we got to have two on Wednesday and two on Thursday, I say, let's, we ain't going anywhere. We might as well have church. Amen. I'm just talking about we need this place and you need this place and I need this place. We need to remember how pricey it is to wander. I'm going to tell you, when I, and I thank God for, for, for what Brother Caleb and what Brother Brian is doing. I appreciate that. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. No, no place to go on Wednesday night. You know what it calls us to do? Wander. I'm telling you, listen, whenever, whenever it comes time on Wednesday night to, to watch it, I hate to say that, don't y'all? When it comes time to watch it, you know what I pray? I pray, God, don't, if somebody's working in the yard at 6.30, I pray that if they're mowing their yard at 7 o'clock when it's time to be watching the service, I pray their lawnmower blows sky high. I do. I pray they blow an engine. I, didn't, I looked at you, but I wasn't thinking about you. I pray they get four flat tires. Their engine blows, amen. And I pray that they got a push mode all summer long, amen. That's right. Brother, I'm telling you, listen, because you know why that is? That's the the convenience of worship. They'll say, well, you're doing something right now. You can watch it tonight around 9 o'clock or or 10 o'clock. No. Hey, listen, that's why we got to have church. That's why we got to come together. And I believe we ought to be safe and we ought to use common sense. And and we have to do those things. But I'm just simply saying it causes people to wonder, wonder from God. How to know some things you need to know before you go, how pricey it is to wander from God. I think you ought to know this, how powerful it is to face the wind of God. The Bible said in verse number 4, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. 
I think that if you, if there's someone that may be contemplating going, maybe going a different direction, listen, this is something you need to know how powerful it is to face the wind of God. You see, here's what God did in Jonah's life. He first in chapter 1 sent him a wind. But my friend, because Jonah didn't listen to the wind, then God sent a whale. I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't want to face the whale, but I don't want to face the wind. In other words, I don't want to get in the storm of my life because I wouldn't heed the warning. Amen? God gave the warning in verse 1 and 2 he rejected the warning and I'll tell you what then he had to face the wind and because he faced the wind he faced the well and he just about lost his life amen I'm telling you listen God knows how to bring us to our knees he wants to remind us that there's a wind out there that can blow for you or it can blow against you amen I don't want the wind of God blowing against me I'd rather have it pushing me in the right direction as blowing upon me I don't want to face the wind of God because I'm out of the will of God. Boy, I'll think about that tonight. This afternoon, where are you at in your life? When the Holy Ghost grabs a hold of your heart, don't ever say in your heart, well, I'm not going to do that. I remember preaching one time in, a, in an individual. I was in a church and I gave the invitation. I didn't know the individual, but when I gave that invitation... Well, you could feel the convicting power of God. God, And I knew that person was under conviction. I didn't know what about, but I knew, Brother George, God was dealing with them. And they looked up about the third verse of that invitation. They looked right dead in my eyes and shook their head and told me, I'm not coming. Now, I don't know know what God was doing in their life, but I know this much. They didn't tell me no. They told God no. Brother, there are people today that have faced the wind of God in their life. Have you ever thought about people when they get out of the will of God, how their life just falls all to pieces? It's not an accident. That's providence. The hand that can show you mercy is the same hand that can whip you. I'm telling you, my dad and my mother would reach out a hand of help to me, if I, a hand of mercy if I needed it. But well, growing up, they'd also reach out another hand, same hand. They'd reach out. I was putting my, I went up and saw my grandkids the other day, and I put my belt on. I stand there, and you know, I'd have to, I mean, God, I'd have to feel the Holy Spirit strongly leading me to whip one of them. Amen. And I was putting my belt on, and, and uh, Rayleigh, she was sitting there, and she was looking, and she said, That's a belt. I said, Hell, yeah, that's a belt. Then she said, That's a paddle. I said, Hallelujah, they're raising them right. Praise God. I didn't tell her wrong. Amen. But you know what? God knows how to pull the belt off on all of us, doesn't He? That's what you need to know before you go. I want to say also, you need to know how pitiful it is to be a waste for God. How pitiful it is to be a waste for God. Look at this. Jonah in verse number 6. The shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. Now here's the truth of this text. Jonah should have been praying the whole time. It should have never came to what it, what it came to. The truth of the text is Jonah couldn't get a prayer through because Jonah wasn't right with God. And here's what a pity, what a waste. Here's a man that could have been a witness, but instead of being a witness, he's in danger of their lives. I, I think about people down through the years that they had the ability to play instruments. They had the ability to sing great songs. They, they had talent. 
They got out of God's will. And there's some that had the ability to preach. God put His hand on their life, but they're no longer qualified to preach. I talked to someone just recently, a friend of mine in the ministry that's no longer in the ministry. And he told me, he said, you know what? He said, I'm going to go back to preaching. I don't care what nobody says. And I didn't say anything. And he said, a few minutes, we talked a little bit longer, and he said this. He said, well, he said, what do you think about that? He said, brother, I'm going to preach. I don't care what nobody says. And I said to him, I said, well, you can preach, but you'll never preach with that touch. I said, you'd be better to serve God in the capacity that you can serve Him now and let God bless you there. You see, this is what I'm saying to you. I know, he's, I know the word of the Lord came a second time. I know God is a God of second and third and fourth and fifth chances. But why would I want to scar and mar my life? He said, well, preacher, I've made my mistakes and I'm glad the grace of God is there, but I think I'm preaching to somebody that maybe don't have them scars. Well, you better hear me. You better hear me this, this evening. Let God do something. Maybe it's prevented maintenance that we're preaching right now. I know I need to hear it. There's some things. I, I, I don't want to forget these things. I don't want to become a casualty. I don't want to waste. I, I tell you what I don't want to happen in life. I don't want somebody to come by my casket one day and say, well, you know, he used to serve God. Well, I remember when he used to preach the Bible. I remember, when one day, I remember when they was on fire for God. I don't want that testimony. I'd rather go home early, wouldn't you? Has to have a testimony. Well, he used to be a missionary. Boy, he used to love God. He used to be, I remember preaching revival meeting up in, I won't say where it was, but I was preaching revival meeting and a gentleman came to me one day and, and shook my hand at the back door and he's weeping. Been married 64 years. 64 years. I, that's, that's how, he was 85 years old, somewhere in there. His wife ran off with another man after being married 64 years. Can you believe that? I'm going to tell you something. It happens. It happens. You say, well, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying you better stay right where God puts you. You better stay close to His side. Stay in the center of His will. Don't wander. Don't stray. I preach both, both messages have been a warning, but, but I know God has laid them on my heart. And I would say to us today, I don't want to wander in a pandemic. When this thing comes to an end, and I pray it soon is, but we don't know what, what's around the, the corner. You know, one day you'll think this thing's over with. The next day you'll think it's never going to end. Are y'all like that? I don't watch the news. I just, I, just, I just quit watching the news. I just read the Bible. Amen. Because yeah, I'm telling you, you'll think the sky's falling if you watch it more than 15 minutes. To them it is. And I'm going to tell you something. The sky's not falling. The king's coming. Amen. Amen. And I tell you, when the king comes, I don't want to be on the sideline. Amen. When the king comes, I want to be on the front line. I want to be in the center of God's will. I want to be serving Jesus, don't you? I don't care if it's a handful of us here and there on Sunday or if we're all crammed in this place together. I just want to be singing and shouting and praising God and still serving Jesus. I want to be where God wants me to be and in the will of God and serving Him. Hallelujah. Let's stand as she comes and gets us a song ready. I would say to you with our heads bowed and eyes closed, the burden of my heart today is this. You say, well, preacher, I'm not thinking about going nowhere. Well, let it sink in good. Because I'm going to tell you something. The devil 
He'll make you an offer one day. I don't care how long you've been serving God. I don't care how long I've been serving God. He will put a deal on the table. But the devil's deal is never better than God's will. You remember that. He'll offer you something, and it may not even be sinful. But if it is not God's will, then it is sinful. Anything that's not the will of God is not for me and is not for you. You think about that. You think about that. Cause you a lot of heartache. Cause you a lot of misery. A good thing may not be God's thing. Father, I pray. Oh God, help us. I don't. Lord, I'm preaching to people that I know are glad to be here. I'm preaching to people that I know they are excited to be here. As far as I can tell, there's nobody in this building that I think fits this text. But God, I'm not you, and I don't know what may be. I don't know that there may be somebody here struggling. They want to serve you. They want to live for you. They love you. But maybe there's something pulling, pulling at them. Oh, God, help them. Help them above all the noise and above all the pressure. Help them to just hear the Word of God this afternoon and help them to heed it. Help them to say, that message was for me. God, I'm going to apply it to my life. Lord, I know you'll open the windows of heaven and bless them. May your will be done. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to seek your will. God, I, if nobody, I know I need the message. I need to be reminded. Lord, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to take heed. I don't want to think that I stand. I want to take heed lest I'd fall. Have your way. And we'll thank you for it. Thank you for a good day. Thank you for your people, Lord. I pray that you'll bless them and Thank you for Bible Baptist Church and so good to see the faces of each other. And I pray that you'll bring us back together very, very soon. Lord, help us to be able to come back in this place and the choir sing. And Lord, it'll be a homecoming day for sure. Lord, I pray you'd have your way now in Jesus' name. Amen.